Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Mark. It's going to be a good one today. Patrick, we are going to talk about water. That's how I know it's going to be a good one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd like you to meet Rodney Lore. Rodney, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Quite well. And you? Yeah. I'm, well, you know, it's cooler today. It's been, you know, people could be listening to this show at any time, but just so you know, it was like 106 degrees here three days ago. and It was just kind of gnarly hot. And it, ironically, I was in Arizona and it was raining a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredible. <laughs> that is. The, and you're from Arizona. Yes. And how long have you been in, in the region here? Uh, I've lived in Cal- uh, um, Santa Barbara, coming on four years. Uh, five years. What brought you here? um, Well, the drought uh, was part of it. But uh, originally, when I moved to California, I was thinking moving to uh, San Diego. But I visited some friends in Ojai. And that's a dangerous thing to do when thinking about moving somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so he goes, uh, you don't want to be heading down the coast. Uh, Let me take you to Santa Barbara. It's got less population and it's uh, much more beautiful. And I was sold. <laughs> Just like that. Mm-hmm. So you're, um, you're a water resource expert. You've got a master's degree, is that right? A water resources specialist. Uh, okay. It's an always evolving field. You, know, you call yourself an expert, you kind of stagnate with that. So <laughs> okay. it's okay. always flowing, so to speak. Okay. But for the next 45 <laughs> minutes, you're our guy. Sure. In this room, perhaps. Perfect. Um, and w- what got you interested in water? Um, well... I've always had a uh, very... How old were you? How old were you? Uh, 14. What uh, happened? Our well went dry at my parents' property in huh. Arizona. And that experience, it's very vivid to me now, uh, turning on the faucet, a little trickle, and then a, a, little, a little brown, muddy water. It turned out it was all right. Uh, the well uh, diggers had just placed the pump barely into the water table, and then Kona Depression, it sucked up, but... We didn't run out of water, but there was a good week and a half, two weeks where we were very uh, on edge and a lot of anxiety with that. Um, so that was was it a was it just water for the house, or were you yeah. farming or ranching? Oh, uh, it's doing it's a like it's that? a lar- it's a large property for horses and uh, okay what, and whatnot. So it was right. a, it was a very sketchy time. That was, that was <laughs> a challenge. Yeah, and so you just got thinking. What what part of that again? Because now you have a whole career in water. What part of that was it? Like how I get the water out, or oh, there is no water, or what are we doing about water? It was just um, it really reified how tenuous your relationship with water is, mm. and you really know about it once it's gone. Um, all through middle school, high school, I was uh, organizer for Verde River Days uh, for the Verde River Citizens Alliance. Uh, the Verde River is one so you were of, into citizen action quick. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, and what they're doing is raising awareness of this river. Um, it's one of the last perennial ri- rivers in the western United States. And that's when I was, I was just home recently and definitely got some river time. And you don't realize, again, how unique and beautiful it is until you know, you're not seeing it as, right. I've, as I've lived out here for a number of years. Um, so I kind of went through... You know, undergraduate school, 
I uh, focused on colonial Latin American resource economics. <laughs> uh, As that, one does. That was very, that was very, that was very <laughs> applicable. Um, so I graduate, uh, my bachelor's and the economy is, uh, you know, not so good. Right. So I apply to a number of internships. I get picked up, uh, the Arizona house of representatives. Oh, and they put me on the agriculture and water committee and put you or you, you had a choice. They assign, they assign you. Huh. Um, and so then I bump into the chief of staff and she asked me, how are things going? And I just, gosh, I'm like, you know, I just never, this just has sparked my interest. It's incredible. Huh. And I just wanted to thank you all for putting me on this committee. And she goes, well, each one of your three interviews, you went on this tirade about water. <laughs> and I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> so I didn't really, I didn't figure out what my quote passion was till you know, 22 after I'd got my bachelor's right. already. And, um, are you a water activist to an extent? Yeah. It's in the West United States. Water is a contentious issue. So you're kind of by default. I would, I would argue. How many times have you seen Chinatown? Um, it's well, only a few dozen times. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For those, uh, kids out there who don't know what I talked about, go Google the movie Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. It's on Netflix great, right now. Great flick. It is. There, yeah. It's on Netflix. Well, there yeah, you go. Go look it up on yeah, Go look it up. Go watch that movie. I, I'm, I'm being a California, native Californian and been around this whole issue of, of water and droughts and, you know, here in Santa Barbara since 72 with, you know, a six year drought. How many so you, years so are you've we been, in now? You've been, you've been through a few. I've been dry a few times <laughs> mm-hmm. and we, you know, I live in Montecito where we've had water rationing now for, for several years and, mm-hmm. I've just got a backyard of brown. Gold. Gold. Oh, it's gold. gold. Oh, I'm gold sorry. Gold is the new green. Gold. Oh. See, wow. don't you feel better about up. it? I feel so much better. Okay. I so much That's better. That's what I'm here for, Mark. Thank you. Well, the therapy begins now. Um, you then took that activism and, and somehow you got into technology because you're here as a result of uh, of uh, a previous guest on the show, Dan Farrick uh, mm-hmm. from Impact Hub. Big thanks. Um, yeah, Dan's a good guy. And if you haven't heard that show, go listen to it. Um, he suggested Rodney, he says, you got to get Rodney on the show because you have this new company called Aqua Viable Solutions. And, and I couldn't believe it. I read it. It's like you're making water out of air. That's correct. So that sounds like alchemy. And I don't. A little I, divining rod action. No. So um, tell me about that. So if you've ever gotten yelled at by your aunt for not using a coaster, that's what we're tying into. That <laughs> condensate collecting on a cold glass. Oh. Um, that's the water that we, we sort of start with, and we uh, then treat that to drinking level quality. And it's pretty easy because it's quite clean to start with. So we're not starting with seawater or our more chewy groundwater around town. Chewy, that's a that's a word. Is water you can sink your teeth into? Well, yeah. <laughs> so that makes me think of being a Boy Scout and being in the desert using a tarp. and using a tarp mm-hmm. and you know collecting water. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same uh, physical process. Um, so how big of a machine does this take to do this? Uh, well, they come in a variety of sizes. Um, we are currently um, moving these residential office units. Uh, they're about as big as a mini fridge. They use about as much electricity as a wall-mounted AC unit. And in town, uh, the two units I have, they've been making about five gallons a day. Although, 
this last week with how hot and dry it was uh, that kind of dipped down for a little bit but thankfully i think the humidity was down around 15 percent earlier in the week so that it, it was that, hanging at 18 to 23 percent pretty yeah, steadily so you're the guy who knows exactly what it is <laughs> every day <laughs> what does I, it I need to be for you to be optimal um they sort of economically viable where they make sense is yeah. anything at 40 percent or higher so and, this is not a product for dubai or the desert um well, Dubai is, uh, depending on where you are in Dubai, it's within the coastally influenced climates. So, okay, got it. So, you know, every day, um, 90,000 cubic miles of water vapor is burnt off the oceans. What? Every day. Okay, say that number again. That was a big number. 90,000 cubic miles. What? Okay, Clouds. so I've, I've never thought of a cubic mile. I've thought of a cubic foot, I've thought of a cubic, but a cubic mile is a mile by a mile by a mile. Yes. Okay, that's big. Mm -hmm. And 90,000 <laughs> of them mm -hmm. a day. So the ocean is just off-gassing that. That's probably the wrong word. Evaporating. Evaporating, thank you, into clouds. Mm -hmm. huh. Well, and then are you talking like in Dubai, you could solar power that thing like no problem, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, oh, so you, in Dubai, uh, it will actually work fairly well um, within miles of the coast. Um, but then once you're in the interior... Maybe not so much. It's more challenging. Mm -hmm. So here in Southern California, uh, the machines work great at my uncle's house in Laverne. But right. you go over the other side of the hill, over the San Gabriels there, uh, you know, Lancaster, Palmdale, uh, Palm Springs, not so much. Because those mountains basically stop the coastal marine layer from coming in. And, and so what is the so – I mean, I've just got so many questions. But the, <laughs> So if I'm – I mean, I could just go buy water, right? But you're mm -hmm. saying I can make water. Make your own water. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, as a, as a long time now resident of Santa Barbara, I'm excited to think about enough of these machines to get rid of this morning fog that we have in late, in, in late <laughs> spring. So anyway, for you, are you working to eliminate May Gray? I have a uh, product I'm developing. It's called the Fog Mower. <laughs> fog Mower. <laughs> Please say uh, that's not I, true. I, I just I want to know that's true. <laughs> a, a, little, a little bit, but yeah, it's a, a name I've kicked around, and I am developing my own proprietary technology. Um, yeah. well, the existing the, technology has been around for 30 years. It's just the, quote, economics and the water reality have caught up with Santa Barbara specifically. There, there is yeah. a big irony, I think, I feel, uh, living in this town, that we have been in a drought for so long, but then, and that's, you know, literally from, from May you know, through the end of July. And then there's a little bit in August, right. as they like to call it, yep. where it's like in the morning, you're just covered in clouds. It's just none of it's raining. You know, like there's right. just this feeling of like, well, we're surrounded by cold dampness, but none of it's being converted into uh, usable water. We're not living in a, you know, a place that, that it doesn't, we're in a drought. We're still in a drought. So hold on. So th that got me thinking so I, I live in a house that's a split level built on a hill, mm -hmm. and the lower level is kind of set into the hill. It's like a tri-level. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's, um, it's damp mm -hmm. often there. Mm -hmm. And so and things get moldy, so there's a, we have a dehumidifier in there. I've got to empty that darn thing a lot. Is that kind of what we're talking about? Yeah, it's a dehumidifier with a water treatment element. Um, so the water vapor hits the chilled coils of the... It's always kind of trips me up. The evaporative portion of the refrigerant deck and 
we then zap it with ultraviolet light so we don't get any of that mold so stuff. So one of those blue, like the blue lights? Yeah. So these are, are is, huh. is, is, so is the intention of your company then to turn out a, uh, like like everybody would have like a dishwasher in their house that would that would be kind of for water generation? Well, there's a number of things my company's trying to do. The biggest one is that getting Californians their own local water supply so they don't have to take it from anywhere else like Arizona or the rest of the West, right, which right. is what's been going on for uh, last right, century. Sure, 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 sure. sure. <laughs> um, but specifically with Aqua Viable is that we want to popularize this, make this widely available to the public, demystify it, make it something that people have access to and can use to augment their own water resources portfolio instead of having to buy bottled water. So, so hold um, on. Sorry. No, it was nice. I've, it was good. You should you should revisit it. I've, I've had, what I've had a is a water in. resources portfolio? I don't even know what that is. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it sounds awesome. I want one. Okay. <laughs> well, well, you have one. It's just probably not very comprehensive. Oh, yes. A water resource. Tell me what that is. So that is just referring to all the various types of water that a community or an individual has access to. So okay. these bottles, bottled water here, that is yep. part of the portfolio. If you think of like a big pie chart, there's that. Um, yep. For Santa Barbara, um, Lake Kachuma was a portion of that portfolio. It is no longer. So we've diverted um, to you know maintain you know that whole pie chart, um, increase groundwater pumping. And hopefully within January, uh, the desal plant will be coming online. Yet another so that part of the portfolio. I- exactly. And that's what, um, you know, we're going with ultra pure drinking water um, and making that part of the solution. So I'm going to go back to the fog mower then. So how does, how do, how would you scale your technology? Like, the, so the desal plant for people who don't know, mm-hmm. we've been in a drought for a long time. Charles Meyer desal plant. Back in the day, we had, uh, we built this desal plant. And it was turned on for one day, so we could say it was turned on. You're kidding. We, it was only one day. One I think day. it was three. Uh, three they had, days. They had a warm-up, well, actual expert, run, he knows. Yeah. and then a cool-down. So it was three days. Right. Check, but it only fully operated for one day. You're correct. There you go. And then we said, hey, good job. Thank you. Bye-bye. And and mothballed it. And because we'll we had water later, we'll get we'll use this when we really yeah. need it. Yeah, and so now we really need it. So the the chances are it's going to be up and functional, and we're or, or El Nino is actually going to hit, and we're going to go. Oh no, we don't need that again. Well, there are some issues with that um, the El Nino, like we saw. It's not necessarily reliable. It hit the Northwest <laughs> fairly hard, right? But it missed us. You're right. Um, another issue. Again, for folks maybe not familiar with Santa Barbara, we just had um, the Ray Fire, uh, which occurred, unfortunately, in Lake Kachuma's watershed. So once we do get rains, uh, there's going to be a lot of turbid runoff, um, concentrated toxic metals, what have you, Uh um, going into that reservoir, which is going to increase treatment costs, which we'll see in our bills on the mailbox. Got it. So, So there's no real good <laughs> um, you know it's a challenge i mean it's, it's, a, it, it's a huge challenge i mean mm-hmm. my my uh the thing i want to do is instead of uh remember all these solutions they had in the last drought was let's um use tankers to pull icebergs down and oh, then, yeah. remember there was that <laughs> and and so i'm I, i'm curious how could th- this technology now is the size of a uh, a mini fridge and it's in a residential what does it look like if we scale it up to be community-sized? Is, is that feasible? 
we do have units like that. We build them in really? a, a Connex box. So they're like 20-foot uh, units. And so it's a Connex box is like a, a, ship, a container mm -hmm. of which we're always looking for new uses for those things, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, they're very, yeah, there's a lot of them, and they're pretty um, easy to modify. But uh, you just scale the uh, technology. You just make bigger bigger fans, bigger uh, compressors, um, larger surface area. Where does that then, but what's the ideal uh, elevation or location for something like that inside of a community like ours? Like um, where does that have to live? Does that live downtown? Does that live up in the hills? Where's um, I would assume it would uh, complement existing infrastructure. Um, best locations, say here in town, Santa Barbara, is up in the hills a little bit with the larger industrial units that can make thousands of gallons a day to where you're putting water directly into the system. And again, it's, you know, it's pure quality water. There's very little treatment needed. Um, that, that's what I would assume. This would be fun so to how, find out. How, how many gallons of water just roughly do we use in, a, in this community a day? Well, it varies tremendously. Um, downtown Santa Barbara, where I, I live, where we are right now, residents, maybe 60 to 80 gallons a day because they don't have lawns, they don't have landscaping. You go to... Okay, so just drinking. So just drinking oh, water. Oh, drinking water. Um, the, you know, about anywhere from half a liter to a liter and a half a day is what people generally consume um, in terms of fluids. I love that idea, though, of the 60 to 80. I, I, this hits me all the time. I, my mom t did this to me when I was a kid. But, like, think about going to the grocery store and buying 60 gallons of water. In a shopping cart, like how many oh, shopping that's a, carts? There's a visual, and then and then take that home with you, and take it all out of your car, carry it into your into your house, find a place to put it. Sixty gallons. That's every single day you're bringing that much water into your house, and then using that, and then and and then washing it down the drain, through the toilet, right in the shower. And the, I'm not a water guy, but I love your mom. She's great. She's great. But that 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 vision of of like um, you know the sprinkler heads in the front yard, those rain the rain ones typically produce up to a, a gallon a minute, a gallon a minute to three gallons a minute, depending on how they're adjusted. And so it's like for ten minutes with ten sprinkler heads, that's a hundred gallons of water that you've just thrown out on your lawn. Hmm. This mm -hmm. is these, these were the stats that came right, up right, at right. the last mm -hmm. drought. Like, right. think about putting 100 one-gallon containers of water in your front yard every day for mm -hmm. 10 minutes. Like, mm -hmm. no, that's so. So, how many of your units do we need? I mean, as part of the portfolio, it's going to take the, reduce the burden. How much potentially? I mean, that, I'm thinking if you're pitching this to mm -hmm. investors and it's like, hey, listen, we want to scale this thing big. This is what it's going to take to make an appreciable difference. Well, that's what we're focusing currently on the residential office units is mm -hmm. that it is a pure um, source of water and it's your source of water. Um, we want to do the larger units eventually once, you know, municipalities, water districts yeah. get a little more inclined to go for this sort of thing. I've been... You know, I've been in talks with Montecito and Galita. You know, talked to these people, and uh, they're pretty much on board. They're like, "Oh, it's a cool idea. Let's just, you know, make let's see." So, um, with a with a unit that produces five gallons of drinking water a mm -hmm. day, that could cover an entire office easily. Mm -hmm. with, ten, with a, yeah, ten to twelve sure. office employees. Yeah, comfortably mm -hmm. without any issue. Yeah, no water bottles, nothing. So, I'm going to vector over to because what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, you're in the hub too much. Uh, Pivot towards a vector. Exactly. Oh, God. Uh, so 
it the cost to making this water is uh, the energy cost to produce the five gallons, right? So we could look at the cost. It cost me this much energy to mm-hmm. produce this much water. I just learned, and it's just because I hadn't paid attention, that it cost me four gallons of water to make one gallon of my reverse osmosis water mm-hmm. that comes out of my tap. Yep. I was like, what? Oh, that's not a great filter situation if that's, that's the case. That's awful. That's mm-hmm. really and, bad. Uh, those are quite popular in town. They're um, everywhere. But uh, you know, a lot of communities back in Arizona specifically, they've outlawed those. What? Because they waste water. What? So wait. Yeah, so no, it's a total. I didn't. I so mean, where, where's the other th- three gallons go? So the way a reverse osmosis works is it has a membrane sort of thing. Yeah. Where minerals and impurities get pulled out of the water. Um, but that only works if you have some place for those impurities to go. So it's kind of um, to kind of flush it out, so to speak. With three gallons of water mm-hmm. for everyone, mm-hmm. that that breaks my heart. <laughs> well, I'm I, I'm There's thousands going, of I'm in now town. going yeah. to go call the guy, and say, hey man, I I'm want, your guy. I want I want my water back. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to I want to take that three gallons and you know put it in a bucket so I can use that to water my plants at least. Agree. You're doing uh, some kind of gray water or something. With it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. But but. I, I digress. No, you don't. That is a super important <laughs> point that is hitting me really hard that you're throwing away 75% right. of the water that's coming into your right. house or through your, your, your right. sink. And think about, yeah, um, that's really It's not working for me. No, that's bad. I just learned this about like a week and a half ago. They should put that on the label. They should, that should be part of the... the right. Like that's, if if that, you want this pure water. And, and with yours, that doesn't happen. No, we make our own supply of water. Okay, but any any that's process aqua viable because I'm going to put a put a plug but think, for that. Think about if you if you bought a car, and and for every gallon you used, you burned four. Or that's for every mile you go, you break down for three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any of those things, where you're just <laughs> like you're going downhill. <laughs> you're gonna, you're going to pay for four, but I'm only going to give you one. I you know I think big water's going to come in here or big RO. You think they'll shut us down? Do you think there's any down. chance? Yeah, we better change well, topics y- quick. Y- well, you big know what? RO. They need to change their. They need that's that's no product works like that. You right. have to wash down. You have to throw away three units. It's, I think it's four. Throw away four units to get yeah, one. And I saw some as many as high as ten. I'm going to make you five cups of coffee. You only get to drink one. The other right. four, I'm going to throw away in front of you. <laughs> and you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for every cup. Yeah. Yes. And I'm going to analog- watch you scream. These analogies are so easy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to marry five people. <laughs> you keep going, girl. Four of them are going to take <laughs> Have we made our point yet? Yeah. Everybody call your really water good. supplier. Yeah. Um, ask for a, a w- so you're still in... Um, you're still in a, a, a testing phase or a beta phase, or uh, where, where are you at on that? We uh, have completed pretty extensive testing protocol of different uh, configurations. Uh, we're looking to do a pilot program here on the south coast of California, uh, Santa Barbara, Ventura, Los Angeles counties. So is this something people could sign up for, or you're, you already know who's you've we, picked for that? Or uh, Yeah, we have um, people um, in place, Spoken the units are spoken for that we're doing. Uh, I'm thinking people might want to go to aquaviable.com and and sign up to say hmm, when when you're ready, let us know. It'd be we're looking at January where we'll have um, product and get to people's homes and uh, be but ready. What does to it cost you to build one of these units? I mean, have you figured that part out to get that down? Uh, we're we're working on that right That's now. Tough, right? Right now, they're uh, quite expensive. They're 
you know, I got a guess. Yeah, from twelve hundred to twenty one hundred dollars oh is what, what they're going for. You but, know, I gotta say though, I was when he pulled that number out, I was thinking a lot higher. That's that's oh, pretty impressive. You? No, that that for that's supply demand for you, right? Yeah, I mean, right, te- right, right, right. Technology wise, when I think about technology entering the home, I don't. That's you're you're. I mean, Elon Musk's you know power wall is thirty five hundred dollars for a battery, right? Like, is the concept like I think. You're you're in a price point of of especially survival people who are looking to like be self sufficient to be off grid like you're definitely in the right place and especially if it was solar powered then mm-hmm. you come really yeah. off the grid yeah I'm gonna pivot <laughs> as one does you've been talking to too many people from the hub <laughs> see how you are you guys um, get anywhere at the hub if you're just always pivoting <laughs> I uh, I um, work. I continue, I've worked for the last five years with Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, largest okay. water district in the world. Mm-hmm. And, well um, aware. Yeah, well, of course, yeah, you would have to be. Uh, <laughs> and we, we built an innovation network for them, a place for people like yourself to go and get connected with funders and legislators and testers, I mean, and scientists. And there's just, it's a very robust community, a lot going on there. And they are looking for guys like you to be able to put them and f- put guys like you in front of larger groups of people who could potentially help you. Have you reached out to them? Uh, I did peruse that link that you sent me, and thank you very much uh, for that. I was a little familiar with uh, some of the programs that NWD was doing. Right. Um, and that is definitely something we're going to pursue uh, once we start getting larger and you know, really being able to know how we're going to attack this because it's a very large problem it's and a it's, huge problem and it's continuously evolving so it's kind of difficult it's almost a plan on your plan changing <laughs> um, like you need a direction but it's constantly evolving but definitely definitely uh, appreciate the resource and we'll be running into that what's what's in um what's what more do you are you working on to develop are you are you is there an app that goes with this is there like what's the what's the tech side that you're still trying to to battle back against uh so one improvement that we're doing with our products uh is uh we're partnering with a company called Laratech uh where I'll be able to monitor mm. the production of each unit um this is great because then my service technician doesn't have to come to your home every six months. You can be there in eight months, nine mm-hmm. months, 11 months. Depending sure. on what's needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also talked to uh, Trackar here in town. Um, this is important because our business model is that we have people pay for the water that they actually make and consume, huh. not for the actual unit. Um, that makes it a little bit more accessible uh, for people. But, so as leasing it, the company uh, maintains that, quote, asset. And right. having TrackR in there really helps. And also, we want to know if people take it out of a approved service area. So say someone is living in They Lund. move. They go on the other side of the mountains, and that violates their lease agreement. It's like, hey, man, because what's going to happen is it's going to run terribly. They're going to complain, and they're going to make us look bad. And we're not going to let them do that. So that's um, there's, there's it's another company, Interacta, at the Impact Hub. Um, have uh, augmented reality where you could uh, project the, you know, the unit in, you know, in a visual uh, to see how it fits in your home. And uh, this is something we're mm. looking with our sales folks, getting them people like, well, I don't know what's going to look like with this. You can show them what it'll look like. So 
there's a lot of a lot of fun things. Ideally, on. if it if the thing is hidden in the garage and yeah, out of sight, out of mind. That's uh, one. That's what we're working on with our next um, rollout here. What might I have a follow up sort of to that? Um, you're you've started this business in 2016. You know, here we are in this, or I I, I don't know when you 20, 2015. 2015. Yeah, yeah, we just came up on a year, so we're yeah. still alive. Congratulations. <laughs> um, what? What are you modeling um, after? Like, what what inspired you to be a business owner, an entrepreneur? Because there, there, it it seems like like oh, it's a very, it's a very friendly or kind of like, you know, it's like at this era in this era in life, it's like this is being an entrepreneur is kind of like joining a band, you know, in in the seventies where it was like yeah. like everybody was like oh, what's your band? Or all the cool band? kids are yeah, entrepreneurs, do, right? All the cool kids of this era seem to be uh, tech entrepreneurs or people who are who are creating businesses. Uh, which used to be really stodgy. You know, the idea of like owning a business was like this stuffy business owner was not was not somebody who was innovative and cool. They were just like, I don't know, their business, you know. So right. how what what were you looking at that said that inspired you to say, Yeah, you know what, I'm gonna open a business. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own business. Well, I would say almost uh, like a begrudging entrepreneur. I didn't really <laughs> You're a reluctant entrepreneur. I, I didn't you know, it wasn't I had a friend, uh, she basically sat me down with saying like, no, you, you you are an entrepreneur. Like you've had, you started a couple of companies and you're always looking at opportunity that the definition. I'm like, okay, I guess you're right. <laughs> but you don't self-identify as an entrepreneur. I, I, not until recently. Um, but going back with, um, you know, starting Aqua Viable, um, you know, I've been involved in water for decades, been in California for a number of years. I worked here in town at a consulting firm as a water policy analyst, uh, you know, sort of, recognize the opportunity, the problem that needs to be solved, and started my company while I was still working at the firm, and they were very patient and gracious. Um, you know, when you are a startup, you become kind of a bad employee to other people. <laughs> um, uh, but, we're, we're like that. Um, but it came to a point where it was like, I need, you know, I can't think of a future self, my, you know, I'm an ignorant 20 something entrepreneur, as uh, Mike Benesis likes to put it. Yeah. Um, I could not imagine myself five, 10 years from now, uh, looking back at this moment, going, taking a shot at it. Uh, the, 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 the dread of potential regret um, huh. really. It, you know, just thinking about it right now, it's making me nauseous. <laughs> I, you know. what, if, what if I didn't ever try? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd rather, you know, give it a shot, fail spectacularly, and then, uh, then go woulda, coulda, shoulda. And yep. that's... Um, no, so that, that's, that's the inspiration. I mean, that's what, that's what defines passion, right? Yeah. It's like, that's yeah. what pushes you through all the hard stuff. It's like, well, what if I don't do this? Yeah. And it's, uh, it was a very interesting phone call to my mama back home where I'm saying, go to the credit union. I want you to empty my savings and send it to me. She goes, oh, okay, how much? Like, huh. All, all of it. I need, all of it. I need, I need to start a company. I need to, <laughs> She's like, stuff. are you at a, are you at a table covered in green felt right now? <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to say I'm all in. Yeah, all these chips. All out there. Yeah. Hold, all hold the up chip. the phone. I don't want to hear any slot machines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So that, that's commitment. So, so if we were to, you were at the recent TEDx Santa Barbara. So if I were to say, what's your idea worth spreading, what, what would that one true sentence be? Um, knowing your water and making your own water. Um, knowing your water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, California, there's this uh, 
disconnect uh, where their water comes from. Oh, come on. People don't know where chicken comes from. Why would they know where water comes from? <laughs> it comes from? from a restaurant, Mark. Don't be well, ridiculous. It comes from, from, from uh, foam um, uh, It's number, th- foam and it's number three on the menu. You just, just go down the menu. But you don't yeah. run out of chicken for three days and feel really, really terrible, though. Yeah. Ah, well put. I, you know, I knowing your wa- okay, knowing your Point. water. I was watching a uh, uh, a video as one does uh, in their in the moments of the day, and I saw a a, a young woman. Uh, I think she was. I feel like she was in the Midwest somewhere, but she had had gone to and pulled like all of the bottles of water she could find within her neighborhood, within her kind of shopping region, uh, and most of them she had bought at the dollar store. She bought like four yeah. or five of them at the dollar store. And then she just did a simple pH test on each of the waters. Oh. Uh, and then just compare. She's like, I'm not a scientist. I just was curious, you know, with the, the conversation of Flint, Michigan, this, this which I can't right. believe oh, hasn't yeah. come up until right. now. Right. But this idea of like knowing your own water. And she ran through and she, she just shows just like she just drops the, you know, the drops in. And if it's purpley blue, you're you're in a you're in a what does that mean? You're alkaline or you're in a good place. Uh, I'm not familiar with the specific test that you're talking about with the colors but you know it runs the range from alkaline to acidic and acidic's not great um, it de- it depends you don't want it going too low you know yeah, yeah. Uh, anything below three uh, yeah. on the ph scale is uh, not not advised <laughs> i just loved her right and that's and she was so she's going through and she's stripping them in there and, and and then she goes back with the little testing and she's like okay so here's this one and it's and it's pretty good you know and this i just got this at the dollar store and then here's this one and she's like and then here's this one it's made by the biggest water company in the world and it is garbage that is just garbage <laughs> and i just loved how how like she was so <laughs> this her, is a citizen scientist yes yes where she was like she was like i'm not going to give you any quantifiers that are like i'm not going to make this sound uh, you know, like like educational or some that's garbage. This is garbage water being produced and sold to us by the biggest bottler of this kind of water in the world. And she goes back and she kind of hits these these ones. She's like, "Oh yeah, smart water. That's pretty smart. I mean, it's not the smartest water." And then she and I was just really, I really loved. That was funny. Now where can I where where can I find? Oh, that? just look up just look up water testing on on uh, home water testing. I'll have to see that. Yeah, yeah. it's it's Sounds just good. you know she's just so charming as she goes through it, and you 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 definitely get this feel of like, oh, why haven't I done that? Like, why haven't I, I don't know my water. I have no idea. Like, and this is when Flint, Michigan hit. I was just like, oh, we might, we should, we should lead check our water in our house. Cause we live in a pretty old house in an established neighborhood inside of this town. Like uh, the people in Flint aren't dumb people. Right. You know, they right. got, they just, it's why just would, not on our radar to, to check test our your water. water. Mm-hmm. Right. Would you recommend people do that? Um, you know, I think it's uh, overwhelmingly municipal quality. Water is safe. Um, there were some issues, say, with Flint. Uh, the water that they came out of the treatment plant, as it comes out, was totally fine. It was the infrastructure, the delivery system, the pipes, mm, where mm, the contaminants mm, had accumulated. Mm. And the new type of water is what um, caused all the problems. So that's something, thankfully, the city of Santa Barbara is really taking an interest in with the desal plant, making sure that it is properly blended and acclimated to the existing infrastructure so we don't have those sort of issues. Yeah, we've mentioned on the show before there are 35 testing sites around town, the little green yeah. round box, uh, that when you when you see that opened up, there's just a, a kitchen faucet in there. And every every single week they test those kind of point of so that it's that they're looking at what's coming through your pipes rather than in your house, you know, your individual house. 
separate question. Sure. Why is, and this just interesting to me, how the bottled water industry is become so huge. Mm -hmm. What do you know? Was there some? What's the causal chain behind that? What What do you think started that? I mean, this epic. The started bottled water. Well, I mean, we, there was one when we were growing up. There was one bottled water, and I don't think I ever had a bottled water. I just got oh. it out of the tap. But now, all of a sudden, it's everybody's walking around with a bottle of water. Shipped from great distance. Yeah, 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 yeah. right? So, right? So what it is, um, it's economics, really. So this, you know, this bottle that you're gracious enough to give me, Ontario, California, uh, it's, they have wells there, and it's essentially a municipal supply of water. So they get charged pennies for thousands of gallons of water that, in effect, you've already paid for if you pay your water bill and pay your taxes. They then put it in a bottle and the margin on this is just incredible. So that's why, uh, you know, you just you, because it's a good business. You, you, yeah, you couple, you know, you have the convenience aspect of, of having it right there in the ease, but yeah, <laughs> it's a quite, quite a confuddling. You're, you're saying you're saying the answer to a question is money. That's weird. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. That economical influences like created an entire market and industry that we probably yeah. don't really need. Yeah, that, the mar- that couldn't be true. The, mar- the margins are just so good on it. It's yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure if they could figure out the air, clean air thing. Um, the bottles it, of, they have. They oh, they have. They have those those little the oxygen little bars. oxygen bars and the oxygen tanks that you can carry. And with there's you well, I've heard there's water bars. Have you been to one of those? Uh, I've not been to a water bar. No. Yeah, where they've got, you know, a hundred different types of water. Here's a question, Ronnie. Does your water taste good? It does taste great. It's um, um when you have been kind of used to the tap water here in town, uh, it's kind of a taking aback. You're what? It's like, what is this? It's well, like that's that, from the minerals, right? That's what gives the, it the, the taste. The chewiness, as I like to call it. Right. Um, so when you t- have our water from a machine, it's just pure and crisp water. And then it's if like stream water. I mean, does it feel like that? More, more like rain. Rainwater. Ra- rainwater, so to speak. Um, so we've also we're looking partnering with some companies that we could then do uh, minerals uh, injection. So say, uh, hey, tell me about that. That because I've I've heard about that because there's the there's the pro. I, mean, I want to go back to RO, but that pro. RO is what it takes everything out. Oh, now we have to add it back in, but I don't want you to add anything back in. So, and you called it mineral injection. Yeah. Why do I want to do that? Well, it depends on what you want to be able to do. So I take the stance, you know, it's your water. I just want to make sure you have your water and you can do what you want with it. You want to make it more alkaline. That's, that's fine. You can do that. You um, you want to have it taste exactly like the water tastes in San Francisco from the Hetch Hetchy Reservoir. You can do that. If you have a favorite, brand of bottled water, you can dial in the minerals to that taste and you'll be making your own water that tastes like your favorite brand at home. So, okay. So is that smoke and mirrors or is that possible? No, it's possible. It's very easy. You know, this much magnesium, this much uh, sodium bicarbonate, et cetera. I have had, I've had water. Really? I've had various, well, there's one water called, um, and I, I, this is one of those moments where you're like, you're kind of like, I'm like <laughs> talking about something. It's like a, like a guilty pleasure, like going to McDonald's or something. But, um, there's this one water called volcanic water uh, mm-hmm. that I found in Portland. It's got a nice red label. I just every everything they did, they got right, like the bottle, everything. But the mouthfeel of that water 
It's fantastic. It's got it's, and I know this sounds so. This sounds like an art school kid, which I am. But no, man, you're talking to the right guy right now. Yeah, well, it. It, but it's like the mouthfeel of that water is just incredible. Where it just it feels thicker, it feels velvety, and I know this is dumb to talk about water like this, but it's I'm, like no. There are certain times I feel like where I've jumped into certain swimming pools, and I've th- and I've gotten like a mouthful of water, and I thought, oh, that's a nice full richness, not a chlorine pool necessarily, but like you know. And then other times you you just feel like the water is not. It feels thinner. It feels less like something I'm supposed to be drinking. And I always I always attribute that to like my my like survival instincts going, Stop, just don't swallow this. This is terrible water. Versus like volcan the certain waters that are like, Wow, that's velvet. Like you can tell. So and and you affirmed that, right? When he's talking about mouthfeel. So um, my wife who's been on the show, Kimberly Weil. I've heard um, of her. well known, she had an accident in college, uh, was hit by a cement truck and uh, severed uh, the nerves, t- so she can't taste and can't smell. Oh my. Okay, you've never told me that's that's you've never revealed that. That's like a true thing. Wow. So yeah. So the the consequences: no taste, no smell. There's a whole deal with that. But she likes a specific brand of water, mm-hmm. which and I. So I have to have that water around. And if I have other water, I go, oh, it's just just water. She goes, no, it's not. And that, and I go, yes, it is. So. Three or four years ago, we did a test, and I took four kinds of water. Won't mention any of them. I had TAP and RO and her brand and the uh, popular brand and got them all at room temp. How'd she she do? Nailed. Yeah. She was four for four because it's all up for her. It's Mm -hmm. all about texture. With no taste and no smell, she could tell the difference of four waters. What? Yeah. (laughs) So that's a thing. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, hard water. Is a is a thing, you know. You think about how much, uh, you know, sugar or table salt that you can dissolve in water. You can put a lot of stuff yeah, you can. into water. You know, it's the universal solvent, and it can contain a lot of stuff. So it does have a, a mouth feel to it, and uh, it's you know, you're going to talk about that. You're just going to get green lights from me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just I because you feel like you feel ridiculous. You feel ridiculous drinking some water and be like, this is really good water. No, it's a, it's a thing. Uh, yeah. Like when I was back home, I definitely was taking advantage of my family's well. Um, yeah. It butts up right next to the National Forest. It's just incredible. And, you know, has a great mouthfeel on the I, back nose as well. I, <laughs> the flaccid yet absurd. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I love this idea. I, I, uh, I love. I've loved this entire conversation. I knew I would. This idea of knowing your water, the idea of providence, the idea that now we want to know where things come from, like farm to table, all all of that. So now it's like from cloud to table, right? It's like where where it is my water. I like that cloud from. to table. Yeah, you can. That's all you. It's <laughs> yours. My business partner is listening to this. Smart. Let's get that registered. You. That is That's unbelievably a, like valuable, that. what you just said out loud. Bob, you need to slow down, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's what we do. We're givers. You we could have get the trademarks on that before yeah. you release this, all right? Yours. Good <laughs> Lord. That's impressive. Yes. <laughs> Cloud to table. Yeah. Why not? Mind wow. Blown. Mind blown, man. <laughs> oh, good. Great. You retire right now, Mark. Done. That's I'm as good done. as it gets. Yeah, we'll Mike up with an annuity here. Mike, drop. <laughs> if you don't call this episode Cloud to Table, I okay. That's so um, as, as our listener knows, when we come to the end of a fantastic episode, which is where we are, uh, we like to um, wrap a bow around it and give it a name. Do you like From Cloud to Table? I, I'm dead serious. I'm going to look into getting that. 
ours. <laughs> I love it. That um, is uh, that is too good. <laughs> That's wrecking me. How good that is! Yay! <laughs> that means the rest of my day is gonna be. I'm gonna have. You can I've, just I've tapped. Take the I've day off. In the yeah. flow mode. Yeah, so, Rodney, thank you for coming and joining us. I this really is, appreciate it. Uh, really, thank really you. interesting. It's we and we like to have these conversations where we. I don't know where we're gonna end up. Um, we ended up in a marketing conversation. I, I love this. I I really like the idea of. Um, not only knowing the water, but making the water taste familiar to mm -hmm. me. Like the fact that I could say, oh, I want this water to taste like that stream in Montana. Mm -hmm. And then you could do that. Mm -hmm. Like there are there are water profiles, so mm -hmm. to speak. And here's here here it is. Okay, second one, right? Yeah, man. So he's got the app. Mm -hmm. And so he just goes in and said, how do I want my water today? And I've got, you know, a hundred choices that and users could add to that. I go, oh, I want this Rocky Mountain, or gosh, I wonder what the water Yellowstone tastes like. You're talking like. about the future, Mark. Oh, and he could just you could just download the the. the no, profile. it just automatically adjusts the. Well, that's what I mean. That you batch. select the profile. Yeah, and it just goes. Oh, wow, the water's different today. It's creepy, Mark. It's just. Creepy. I love it. What's the water on Mars taste like? Oh. Okay, Icy. we're going to end it right there. Icy. <laughs> I love it. Rodney, thank you so much. Thank and you. How, people can find you at aquaviable.com? Yes, um, and uh, at the Impact Hub, downtown Santa Barbara. And uh, we'll be rolling out full force January 2016. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I also want to thank uh, California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio where we get to have conversations just like this. The 805 Conversation Project, we're now, what, in our second year and over 100 episodes, supported by partners and sponsors. If you're interested in helping us in our mission to find even more fascinating people, let us know. Go to 805connect.com slash partners. And Patrick, so someone who's interested in water, they've listened to this. Yeah. They're really excited. What what could they do? Vote. Yeah, right. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, just just uh, vote for us by throwing some stars our way or giving yeah. a subscription. Uh, but yeah. uh, whenever and wherever you're listening to this, uh, give us your support uh, because that is the most important thing for us to continue to bring this kind of content and programming to you. I got that straight off my NPR station. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but go back into that app uh, that you're listening to this uh, through and throw some stars our way. Uh, I know we say this every week. I know we say this uh, all the time at the end of the show, and I know you're probably uh, feeling like, I already rated this show. Um, well, then You can rate us twice, you like you can vote twice. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> vote, vote often um, and vote for us. But uh, yeah, and send Mark some information. Let him know uh, what he's doing right and what I'm doing right and, uh, or what we're doing wrong. Yeah, you can send us a note to um, mark at 805connect.com. I'd love to hear from you personally and let us know what you like about the show or what you don't know. If, if you have a guest suggestion, mm. I'm getting lots of those now. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're booking, what, four months out in advance. So <laughs> lots of folks <laughs> want to be on the show. So uh, until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.